hello, hello, and welcome Santa Fe. Welcome to episode number five of the Santa Fe County GOP podcast. I'm really excited today because as many of you know, on June 17th at 6 p.m., we're going to have our monthly meeting. And at that meeting, we are going to have special guest Krista St. Vincent. This is going to be an, a community event. This is going to be an opportunity for us to meet Krista St. Vincent Hospital and some other staff. But before then, we have a very special guest, Lillian Montoya. So hello, Lillian. Welcome. Hi, Leo. Thanks for inviting. Now, before we meet Lillian, let me just give you a little background for those who are listening. Lillian Montoya has over 24 years of direct work experience in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. She joined Krista St. Vincent as Vice President for Public Policy and Stakeholder Engagement. Lillian oversees community relations, government affairs, media relations, marketing, and communications. Before that, Lillian concurrently served as the executive director of New Mexico Independent Community College Association as the program manager for the New Mexico Early Childhood Development Partnership and as a partner in the MVM Group. As a principal at Flywheel Ventures, she worked with innovative entrepreneurs and early stage companies while serving as the director of the community programs office at Los Alamos National Laboratory. She led strategic planning efforts and the corresponding investments in regional education, economic development, and community giving. But prior to that, she was as the executive director of the Regional Development Corporation. Her professional experience also includes 12 years of state government, where her service included serving as the deputy director at the New Mexico Commission on Higher Education. Lillian has also distinguished herself as an active participant in many community business and educational organizations and has been repeatedly featured as a New Mexico top business power broker by the New Mexico Business Weekly. She is currently a board member of the Association of Commerce and Industry and the Santa Fe Chamber of Commerce. Lillian received her BA and her MBA from the University of New Mexico, is a native to New Mexico, and has been a member of the Krista St. Vincent Board of Directors for the past three years and most recently serving as board chair. And in accepting in that role, she's resigned from the board. Is that right, Lillian? Did I get that right? That's right. I stepped off the board when I joined the Christus team. Wow. Well, that was an extensive background, but I think every part of it was necessary. I, I'm really happy to have you on today. Thank you again for inviting. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Well, speaking about talking about this stuff, what what are the, the names of these events? Call them community coffees. Community coffees. Um, when I stepped off the hospital board back at the end of August, I joined the hospital team on September 1, and when Bruce asked me my willingness to step off the board, it was so that I could put more time into just into helping all the time instead of just as the chair of the board. Because what I like to do is focus on strategy and communications and um, and really engaging communities and sort of doing turnarounds. and. So when I came off the board, one of the strategies was, was to uh, re-engage the hospital in the community in a very overt way, and the coffees are just one of the few ways that we're trying to do that. Mentioning Krista St. Vincent, there's a lot of feedback, uh, both positive and negative, but I think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to speak live to, to you maybe and maybe other representatives from the executive board why is why is Krista St. Vincent doing these coffee events? So, um, for, for for a few reasons, the the coffees when we when we initially rolled them out, it was really to provide an opportunity for feedback from the community, to really do a face to face conversation, to hear people's stories. I mean, one of the things that I learned early on in my career is that Santa Fe North 
is a storytelling community. We are also a very face-to-face relational community. People don't know of your transparency or your authenticity unless they know you personally or get to engage with you face-to-face. And so the coffees were intended to educate the community about the hospital. Because we are a storytelling community, we hold on to our stories, whether they're true or not. This is an opportunity to educate the community about the hospital's impact in the community, the work that we're doing, uh, the things that are important to us, and secondly, and more importantly, to get people's feedback. You know, I tell folks, this hospital is going to be 150 years old next year. Wow. And... We remember our stories about Krista St. Vincent from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and five years ago. But the hospital today is even different than the hospital from a year ago. We really want to hear the stories and experiences you've had here from, you know, the last 12 to 18 months because they're so helpful to informing our quality journey. You know, Affordable Care Act, health care reform means that every hospital has to operate differently in this country, and we're no different. And so we're having to put in real-time improvements into the hospital. And so if we can hear real-time experiences, it can inform the improvement. You know, and I, when we go to these coffees, I, I'm the first person, I open these coffees up and I say, look, we're not perfect. And we don't proclaim to be perfect. I do dare anyone to come up with the perfect company because I want to know that company. But I can tell you that we are, we are serious in our intention to make improvements in the quality of care and in patient satisfaction. And the coffees, um, I think we'll be able to, I know we're going to be able to share with folks how we have made improvements and how there's third-party data to support that. But it's about the conversation. And so we also bring folks from the hospital. It's not just the executive team. I bring a nurse and a doctor Mm. and other people because I want to make sure the folks in the hospital are also learning from these. And it's very enlightening. Let me ask you, what do you do um, after you have these coffee events and, and you get this feedback from the local community? What happens to that feedback? So every Tuesday, the senior executive team meets, and I actually do a debrief as part of my, my presentation on what we learned, because I call them less, listen and, listening and learning tours. So I share with them what we've learned in the last week, and I call on people in the executive team who went to the coffees to share what they heard and learned. Some items that come up in the coffees require some follow-through, where a patient wants to have their case re-reviewed or they had a billing issue. So there's some things that need to be closed out. But in most cases, it's just this is what we heard and what are we going to change. So, for example, and I won't go into too much detail now because I want folks to come to the coffee and hear about other things that we've done in response. But the number one issue that has come up, which surprised me in, in all, on nearly all the coffees, is issues around billing. I don't understand my bill. I don't know if my insurance is paying my bill. No one returned my call about my bill. Um, just billing, that just that whole chunkiness around billing. And by the second week of the coffees, we just realized this is so important that we're going to create a brand new position in our accounts payable billings office. It's just a patient advocate around billing, someone whose job is just to explain bills, translate, a bilingual person that can just help people understand their bills and help them navigate the billing process. And we posted that position just three days ago. We expect to have it filled within a month. But it was in direct response to what we heard in the coffees. So after we finish these coffees, this big intense effort, and we have about 50 of them in the queue, we've um, completed 22 as of uh, 2 o'clock today, we're going to do a comprehensive report in July that says this is what we heard, this is what we've learned and what we've put in place, and this is 
the other list of things that we still have to address. So we we are really taking this very personally is how I describe it. It isn't just business. It is personal. We really do need to put this in place because healthcare delivery is very, very personal. Well, I think it's really important to, for our community members to know that you do take these very serious and you are acting on at least it sounds like you have an action plan and briefings after the fact of these coffees. You said you had 22 coffees already? Yeah, we had uh, we had two today, actually, and the second one was at uh, Ponce de Leon. So we've been going to homes and businesses around town. Um, all the initial coffees were hosted or scheduled by our board members or the board members of our hospital foundation, and now we have volunteers stepping forward to host a coffee. So it's the, the support for the coffee conversation has been quite positive. Well, I think that the reason it should be positive is it sounds like Krista St. Vincent is about accountability, and it sounds like oh. you, you guys are not afraid of accountability. No, no, not at all. And it's I, I tell folks, well, I love these coffees. They're a lot of work, and they take a lot of time. People want to know that their stories matter. They want to be able to tell you what they, um, what their experience was, but they also want the assurance of knowing you're doing something about it and that you care enough to listen and that's that's why i love the coffee so much well i if nothing else i think this this event these coffees and it, even for me it really shows how personal and how uh, integrated the hospital of your local community is important to uh, citizens so I think I think this is a good idea, and and it gives me and many people a chance to meet the hospital uh, through you and and the board members. Um, but speaking of Christus, I think a lot of people here go by Saint Vincent to address the hospital. Oh, answer to either one of those. Okay, Christus great. Saint Vincent or Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent. So. You, you talked about how St. Vincent is not the same as it was 10 years ago. Can you talk about some of the recent changes and initiatives that have been accomplished at the hospital? Well, you know, a lot of it was already in play because of the, the anticipated changes around health care reform. Um, but the um, uh, one big example, and we talk about it in some of the copies, it doesn't come up in every one of them, but it is an issue, I think, for a lot of people, and, and it's called, I call it the purple thing. Some people call it what they perceive as a monopoly. They, they see the purple around town, and they don't know the story behind it. And right. it really does, it's, a, it's an ACA impact, but it's also um, the way of work in healthcare is changing. And so one of the big changes is that the hospital footprint has grown because we have a number of physicians and physician practices that have asked to join Christus St. Vincent. Um, I actually, my, my own physician, who I visited with this morning, um, she validated this uh, time and time again. You know, these physicians went to medical school to become doctors, to practice, to to be to work with patients. Many of them became independent practitioners, but with the changes in reimbursements, the cost of insurance, um, many doctors are realizing that they they're they're not in a position to make the expense for new technology or to be able to respond to ACA requirements, but yet they want to stay in the business of health care. They don't want to be small business owners. So our hospital footprint has grown, and but we've been able to expand in the specialty area. So now we have 24-7 neurosurgery, 24-7 orthopedic trauma care, 24-7 hospitalist coverage, 24-7 surgical coverage. And the specialties that we're now able to provide in a community of this size, when you think of the population size for Santa Fe City or County Franklin or even the 300,000 seven-county region, is modest 
I mean, you can be in a in a population of 1.5 million and you don't have four neurosurgeons like we do. So, I mean, that is one big change. Um, we are making changes every t- day in terms of um, the care on the units. For example, um, we're doing now what's called u- geographic rounding. It's about four months old where we actually have the physician and the nurses, the case manager, the dietitian, and others. They get together every um, at the start of each unit for 30 minutes and go through each patient's roster and see what is it that they need, what, what were their experiences last night, so that there's a team of people looking at a patient to make sure that the handoffs are clean and fast. Mm-hmm. Those are just some examples. There's a lot of other very cool things like the um, patient rounding that I get to do. All of the managers in the hospital and leaders, all 120 of us, have been assigned patient rooms. And so that every patient room gets rounded on Monday through Friday by a non-clinical person for the most part. And our job is to go and visit with the patients, ask them how things are going. How are we doing? How's their doctor? How's their nurse? How's the temperature? Do they have any questions? Because we want to not only know our community, but we want them to know that we're available to them. And we started the daily, this Monday through Friday rounding just in October, and we're already seeing the benefits of it. We're able to make adjustments real time to any issue that a patient may raise, whether it's about not getting the right food or getting food on time to um, not being clear about their doctor's orders. I mean, it's just in my time in the on the hospital team, I've seen a number of changes put in place. Well, I have to say that that's, for me, that sounds like a really good effort uh, from the hospitals uh, from St. Vincent. That this is something scary. Uh, if you find yourself in the hospital and you're probably not feeling all that great as it is, but to know that there are representatives that are non-clinical that are asking you, you know, how is your doctor? How is your nurse? How's your care going? I mean, I would, I think that's, that's a good effort on your part to try to improve this, you know, this, the hospital services. Uh, you know, it's, it's so important to, to um, perceptions around patient satisfaction and care it's really important to putting in place continuous improvements based on what we're learning every day. And the other, you know, coming back to your accountability um, statement earlier, right. when I round each day, I have three rooms. So I have three patient rooms that I round on in pediatrics. I have to come back to my office, and I, there's a little online technology, little form online here that we have to enter and say that we rounded what we heard and learned, and we have to pick the areas that there may have been concerns or if they're rapes, you know, Uh, compliments and so we can acknowledge and give kudos to our staff and I fill out this very simple form real time I hit send on it and then each Tuesday during that same meeting I mentioned earlier we actually talk about it what did we learn on patient rounding last week what's coming up in in issues around whatever and we're looking real time at making those fixes well that sounds like you're also taking advantage of technology to get real-time results Oh, absolutely. It seems like your staff is quick to adjust to address any issues that you see. At the same time, I'm glad to hear that that technology is also being used for kudos and to be able to provide good service. You know, A lot of the times, uh, some of us as patients can take that for granted, and it's good that even the hospital uh, does not take that for granted, and they do try to, to recognize those healthcare professions that give good service. Well, you know, I think if you want to really improve patient satisfaction, you really employ, uh, improve employee satisfaction. Well, speaking of, and that, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but speaking of satisfaction and customer satisfaction or patient satisfaction, 
is there a way that this is measured? Is there like, is there national ratings on the hospital? Have they improved in numbers from 10 years ago, say till today? And does that result in some sort of improving in some ratings? Yes, a couple of areas. The, um, so every patient after they leave the hospital, they also receive a survey from Press Ganey. It's a separate third party um, source that every hospital uses. It's uh, a way of measuring, it's a, a Medicare or CMS Centers for Medicaid and Medicare requirement around the surveys because CMS now is measuring our outcomes on patient satisfaction and quality of care, and they're they're going to withhold or reduce Medicare funding to hospitals based on this outcomes data. So it's very serious. It's very real. So in addition to the patient satisfaction survey, um, there are other third-party sources for evaluating a hospitals patient. I mean a hospital safety and quality of care, and they pull from the same Medicare uh, data. And uh, three examples would be health grades. People can do a Google search on health grades, and they evaluate hospitals on a one, three, or five-star rating in some key areas. And just in the last two years alone, you can see that we're getting five stars in some very important areas like sepsis care, total knee replacement, um, neurosurgery, and that's just to name a few. Uh, Consumer Reports, they released their health safety ratings just two weeks ago, and you'll see the rankings or the scores that they assign, and folks will see that our scores are highest in um, among any hospital in northern New Mexico, and we're even higher than Presbyterian Hospital in Albuquerque. If you go to LeapFrog also on the web and do a query, they assign grades, A, B, C, D, or F. They pull from the same CMS data and you'll see that we have received a grade of a B. Every hospital around us in northern New Mexico has received a C. UNM's a C. Presbyterian's a B. I mean, it, it, so it tells us that we, too, are making improvements, even if people may not perceive them from a quality standpoint. We really are. That's why it makes the copies even more important, because we have to tell the story. We can't just rely on consumer reports getting into someone's mailbox, for example. Right, and so consumer reports, I'm assuming also is part of a rating system that you go by? Well, it's the, what the consumers are wanting, what can they, the consumers can access, cons, uh, the consumer reports, the leapfrog, the health grades. Oh, you could even go um, into CMS. They have some ways that you can go ahead and do queries on different hospitals. And even if you just look at Krista St. Vincent from three years ago to a year ago, you'll see the improvements. Well, I think that's an important story to tell because I think you know, a lot of the local community members, they don't see what goes on in the background, which is I, which is why I think this is a great idea to have these coffee events and gives them a, an opportunity to see what happens in the service department behind the healthcare up front. And it's, it's to me, it's reassuring. It's the Affordable Care Act. It, it's affected the insurance companies in a negative way. There's been a lot of changes to the insurance com- the, the insurance industry because of the Affordable Care Act. About uh, They have to meet a lot of standards and they have to include more, uh, more coverage for certain things. But the hospitals also must be affected by the Affordable Care Act. Is that something that you're going to cover at the coffee events? Yes, absolutely. I touched on it just a little bit earlier, but you know, the biggest thing is that our reimbursements for Medicare, the payments that we receive for providing a service are going to be withheld or reduced because they're going to be linked to outcomes that are specifically to patient satisfaction and quality of care. Everything from readmissions, for example, like if you've come into the hospital and you have to come back in 2 days later, well, you know, that's not good in the in the eyes of Medicare. So, we we're being held to a new standard. Every hospital is so we have to um, 
uh, get better. And, and you, we'll talk more about it, but everything from making investments in technology so that there's an electronic medical record for patients as they move around the system. And um, we'll also talk about, you know, when as ACA rolled out, it, it hit insurance companies first, it hit um, hospitals second, but a close third are physicians. And, I, you know, I touched on that a bit, but students coming out of medical school, what we're reading is that as much as 70% of those coming out of medical school are looking to be employed by hospitals because there isn't a, as good of an incentive anymore to be an independent practice. So ACA is sort of rip, having a ripple effect on what healthcare looks like. It's almost turning it upside down. I tell folks, um, and as I explain it to them, that it's redefining the way of work for people in healthcare. Uh, that if you started off as a physician, like I tell folks, I didn't start off as a physician clearly, but I had my own vision for it when I would see TV and I'd see Marcus Welby, Welby MD and he'd go to the houses and he'd visit them. And that's not even the case anymore. Physicians, the way of work for physicians is different than what any of us might think it is. The same thing for nursing care, the same thing for um, hospital administration, physical therapists, the way of work, and it makes people nervous, even the people in the profession, because we don't know what it's going to look like five years from now, and that's uncomfortable, and that's, I think, why you're, you you can sense it in the healthcare industry much like you did in um, the financial sector when they started going through their own economic changes a few years ago. It You know, change makes people nervous. We like change, but we want it to happen to someone else. It, it makes sense to me that now the hospitals are marrying with physicians that are coming out coming out of medical school uh, it just gives them a, i guess a, i guess you would say a more secure foundation to stand on to provide health care well they don't have to worry about any of the back office operations they don't have to worry about human resources issues they don't have to worry about you know insurance liability insurance they you know they don't have to worry about investing in technology that changes as quickly as it is that you, from the day you put it in um, they can be doctors Right, and that's what they should be work- focusing on is being doctors, and I'm glad to hear that uh, Chris de St. Vincent is allowing them to do that and sort of relieve the pressure of a lot of the back-end stuff that needs to occur for them to practice. So I have to say I'm interested, and I can't wait to meet uh, Chris de St. Vincent on June 17th at the uh, Santa Fe Women's Club, which is at 1616 Old Pickles Trail. Lillian, I'm so happy that you were able to join us today. And, I'm, and it sounds to me like it's going to be an exciting event, and I'm hoping that many of our community members will make the time to go out and meet St. Christa St. Vincent on June 17th. Leo, thank you for the invite and for the call today. And all I would do at this point is urge or encourage folks to bring a friend. I think the more folks that we can tell the story to and have a good conversation with, it's just good. It's just healthy. Well, I'm glad that you guys aren't afraid to meet the community. For you to be out there up front shows the integrity, the accountability that you come with. And I think the uh, hopefully the Santa Fe community feels the same and they embrace uh, Chris de St. Vincent uh, even more so if they haven't already. Just a reminder, Chris de St. Vincent will be at our monthly meeting for June, and that'll be Tuesday, June 17th at 6 p.m. at the Santa Fe Women's Club, 1616 Old Pickles Trail. You can visit our website at santafe.gopnm.org. We have a website dedicated to this event, so you can get information there. Feel free to contact us, or Orlando Baca. And if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email. Lillian, thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thank you so much. See you then.